Welcome back to Defining Truth, Episode 4. We have an interesting lineup for you today. And by the way, happy St. Patrick's Day. Should be wearing green or you're going to get pinched. Or you should at least. All right, Brandon, what do we got uh, today? Yeah, so today we got, uh, we're got. we going to start off with uh, the Charlie Kirk story up at UC Davis. Uh, mm. the two arrested and an officer injured after a protest uh, clash outside of his speech. We'll uh, view some footage from from outside the venue, and then we're going to hear from uh, what the chancellor had to say of the school. And then we're going to give a quick update on the Jessica Tapia story, talk about a, kind of a bill that provides some background to this issue, and then a bill that uh, an assemblyman from Riverside County is introducing to try to solve the issue. And then lastly, we're going to go into uh, – Biden claiming it's close to sinful for states to stand between kids and trans activist doctors, as his mother would say. Amazing. Unbelievable. Cool. Let's get to it. Yeah. So let's start off. uh, There are two arrested and an officer injured after protesters clashed outside Charlie Kirk's speech at UC Davis. There was about 100 protesters picketed and clashed with police Tuesday evening at the University of California, Davis. In a demonstration against a f- what they call a far-right radio show host, Charlie Kirk, mm-hmm. speaking on campus at a conservative student group event. The event, organized by the UC Davis chapter of Turning Point USA, featured keynote speaker Charlie Kirk with his thoughts on <gasps> American values. According, Ooh, to inf- dangerous. <laughs> according to information posted online by the group, Turning Point USA is a nationwide nonprofit that advocates for conservatism on higher education so let's uh let's roll in real quick let's just see what the uh what it looked like outside the Um, yeah we're gonna watch a video here this was from sacb.com but it's footage from these crazy leftists outside of this peaceful event i think What are they saying? It just sounds like they're barking. I mean, I heard our university. They're saying fight back. Fight what? Jeez, dude. Oh, it's hard to watch. Such idiocy. Just just to be clear, the, what, what they're protesting here is uh, an opinion different than their own. Typical leftist fashion. No brains, all emotions. All right, I think we get it. It must have been tough for these guys to get out of their parents' basement to make it up to this event. Shout and holler, holler like that. They did They did make it in. They broke plate glass windows, made it to the interior of this event. So it turns out the only uh, violence was perpetrated by them. This is unbelievable. But what the, the worst part about this isn't the... You know, you expect this from these Antifa domestic terrorist type people on the left. 
The worst part is what we're going to show you next. And that is the, what is he, the dean, the chancellor, whatever title he has, of UC Davis. Listen to what this guy says, right? He, he has an opportunity here to clarify that violence on school campus will not be tolerated, right? To stand up for free speech, your First Amendment right, etc. But instead, he spreads more lies, defames Charlie Kirk as an individual. And, and just, just listen to this. This is UC Davis Chancellor Gary S. May commenting on the student-led, he calls it an event, right? Mostly peaceful rioting. Okay, let's listen to this guy. And others regarding tonight's event organized by the registered student organization, Turning Point USA. Reached out to him. Otherwise, so he's scared. So now he's going to make the statement. Thank you for sharing your distress at a student group. Distress. Who is a well-documented proponent of misinformation and hate. That's a lie. Who has advocated for violence against transgender individuals. That's a bigger lie. As a campus that is committed to our principles of community, UC Davis stands with our transgender and non-binary Aggies in opposition to this hateful and divisive messaging. UC Davis did not invite this individual and is not sponsoring this event. Our chief campus counsel provided me with information and guidance for campuses in this situation. First, the in this situation of, of free speech permits registered student organizations such as TPUSA to reserve university facilities and invite speakers of their choice. Under UC policy, Campuses may not prohibit student organizations such as TPUSA from inviting these speakers, mm-hmm. even if the speaker's intended speech is loathsome and hurtful to me and to others in our campus community. That's defamatory and a lie. With respect to concerns related to violence, UC policy permits denial of requests if the speaker will present a clear and present danger to the campus. Which and he didn't, which is why they didn't block it. Policy explicitly states the campus carries a heavy burden in justifying such a denial under these circumstances. Because this is America. That there is a similarly heavy burden for criminal prosecution for incitement of violence. In short, while I abhor the inflammatory speech of this speaker, UC policy permits the student organization to invite the speaker. (laughs) Please be assured that we are monitoring the event closely. Okay, hold on. Just pause it for a minute. Can you you pause it? So he says, I abhor the inflammatory speech. what, What he's talking about is just conservatives in general. He's talking about, you call it what you want, Republican, classical American values, Christians, he abhors the peaceful dissenting opinion, right? This is a university, a place where free speech should reign. And listen to the, I mean, you want to talk about inciting violence. Listen to how this guy is talking. He's encouraging them. (laughs) He's absolutely encouraging him. We see this at all levels, local and national. He's at that threshold or violates other campus policies. I understand and share your objections to a speaker whose rhetoric is offensive and clearly intended to shock and provoke. And oh, okay. All right. It's intended to shock and provoke. So, so now standing up for American values is intended to shock and provoke. pursuit of deeper understanding through the free, open, and civil exchange of ideas, we must also support... That's amazing that those words came out of his mouth in the same sentence. ...widely varying ideas and points of view. We are committed to the First Amendment, and we are required oh. to uphold it. Yeah, right. Just as we support students' rights to invite speakers to campus, we also affirm the right of students to freedom of expression to get and down to out and violent and break glass and attack people. For us to refuse these rights to any of you would be in violation of the U.S. Constitution, the explicit policy of the UC system, and our own campus policy. We can't control how these groups operate, 
but we can work together to neutralize you talking and about Antifa? their influence. Because you definitely can't control we how can they deny operate. deny them the responses and reactions they require to fuel their campaign of antagonism. Provocateurs <laughs> like this thrive on conflict. So having to speak to an empty room... Is he talking about Antifa or Turning Point? <laughs> yeah. community the hypocrisy is astounding. Celebrating a diverse community. And standing together in support of our trans and non-binary Aggies shows those who would divide us how hopeless and futile their efforts are and always will be. Let me reiterate that you are not alone in the concerns you have shared. Thank and you. you have every right to express your thoughts and engage in nonviolent huh. discussions and Thank dialogue. Thank you. Sure, surely he's talking about and condemn discrimination, hateful speech, and, and hateful actions. We do condemn and your hateful Davis, speech. We are resilient, vigilant, and we have the power to hold those who wish to engage us to the highest standards of civil and respectful discourse. We have the ability to critically assess breaking glass, we are creating yeah. for civil and respectful and others. And to work together to foster a culture of learning that is as inclusive and respectful as it is passionate and inspired. All right. And we have the courage and compassion. Inclusive unless you're this is This is what hatred looks like. This is what bigotry and hypocrisy looks like right here. This is part of the course for leftist movements all throughout history. We see this with the National Socialist Movement of Germany, a.k.a. the Nazis. We saw this with Marxists. It doesn't matter at one point, you know, it's the horseshoe idea. It's whether the extremes on both ends eventually come back around and meet in the same type of behavior. Typical, we have 100 years of evidence of what this type of ideology leads to, this sort of uh, oppressing of those who disagree with you. Um, really what it is, it's, it's the oppression of truth. And that's why we believe that defining truth is so important because when you've reached a point in society when people do not want the truth to be heard because it threatens their ideology, you've entered a very dangerous phase in your in your history. Very dangerous. This reminds me of uh, when I was in college, we wanted to have a, a speaker come and I went to go meet with <clears throat> university officials and they had told us that in order to, to have the event at the student union, the university needed to have access to 20 bomb-sniffing dogs to secure the student union. And I thought, well, it seems like a lot, but the actually the school paper, uh, the editor at the school paper went and talked to a number of different agencies, and uh, it turned out that there wasn't even like 20 in Southern California that they could access. I mean, it no. was just, they, they just threw out a random number because they didn't want the speaker to come. And, and, and that was their excuse. And, and to clarify, you had a conservative speaker coming to what school did you go to? San Diego state. Right. So a conservative speaker wanting to come and address a group at San Diego state. And the school told you, you had to have 20 bomb sniffing dogs. Now to, to clarify how ridiculous that is, I spent a long time working for the government, working high threat operations and protective work. Never in my life, not even for the highest threat uh, individual that we protected. Have I ever used 20 bomb sniffing dogs? It's not even a thing. That's <laughs> clearly them just trying to oppress or to suppress your ability uh, to speak freely on campus. Asinine. Yeah, that's, again, what happens here. I don't know too much about this guy uh, before this event. No one's ever heard of him, clearly. But it's it's really astounding the level of hypocrisy that we see. We see the same thing at the national level, right, where leftists go around the country literally burning it to the ground 
murdering people, destroying businesses, ruining people's lives. And guys like this will stand up and, and, and actually dare to say that the conservative who just wanted to give a speech is the one that's being violent. You know, what? the reason it's, it's, it's like this, and we've come to this point, is because remember back when Hillary Clinton, she, uh, uh, she called everyone who didn't vote for her deplorable? Remember that? Oh, yeah. So this is, again, this marks a very dangerous phase in, in, in the historical timeline, for those of you who know your 21st century history. When, when a political movement begins to demonize and dehumanize their opposition, you, you've entered a new phase, right? The Nazis did this with Jews in, in Europe. They began to talk of them as subhuman, as, as uh, so evil that anything is justified in opposing them. And, and this is what I remember thinking this right away when Hillary Clinton said, you know, anybody that didn't vote for her was deplorable and not in those exact words, but that caught on. And what started off as like just campaign dirt slinging turned into this national movement of demonizing and dehumanizing anyone who didn't agree with you. And the left has taken this to such an extreme that in their mind, and clearly by listening to this, this clown, this guy actually thinks, right, that that students should be able to show up and smash windows and attack uh, security and, 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 and stop Charlie Kirk's right, his, his First Amendment right to, to speak because conservatives are just so loathsome. And what, what did he say? I abhor their speech. Well, listen, I, I, I think that leftist ideology, as evidenced by history, is abhorrent. It's disgusting, it's violence, it's, it's evil. And that's not my opinion. That's what the 21st century has shown us. Those are facts. And I still think they have the right to speak at an event of their choosing. I would never, never encourage anyone to violently oppose free speech. Um, but they do. They do openly now. The left does that openly in our streets and cities across this country I saw it in law enforcement. I had to deal with this lunacy and then listen to, you know, leftist uh, leaders throughout the country get up and justify and say, well, we, we should be able to burn cities to the ground. We should be able to attack banks and police stations and attack people and destroy people's personal lives and their businesses because we don't like what you're saying, right? Again, you know, we say it all the time, but it's like when, when you can't win an argument, at some point you, you, you stop talking because you realize – I'm not going to win this because it, common sense is not on my side. So I want to pick up this club and I'm just going to beat people until they stop talking. That's what leftists do. That's what they've done throughout history. It's very childlike. It's, it's what a child does when they're not getting their way. They throw attention and start to, to throw things. What really bothers me is uh, you can see in the video the number of law enforcement officers, the, the amount of resources that it takes yeah. to to control these protesters you know, those guys and girls could be out stopping rapes, murders, violent crimes, but instead they have to, you know, come to campus and and you have to babysit these baby, yeah, exactly. children. Babysit these children. What a waste! Total waste of resources, unfortunately. Well, let's move into uh, Jessica Tapia, who we've talked about in the past. Uh, reminder: She's the former teacher at the Harupa Valley High School, who said she was fired after refusing to follow. Um, 
a law that bars educators from disclosing students' gender identities to their parents without their consent. Uh, Tapia is now planning to sue the school district for wrongful termination, rightfully so. And uh, really, the the update is that Assemblymember Bill Asaley from Riverside is, uh, has introduced new legislation. I'm sure that it won't leave the committee because of California's supermajority. Uh, but nonetheless, he says he wants to protect rental rights so parents know what's going on with their children. Uh, this new bill would force California school districts to notify parents that their children, that their child is gender nonconforming <laughs> or transgender. And of course, this is sparking backlash from LGBTQ activists and organizations. The bill titled uh, Assembly Bill 1314. Um, like I said, would require school districts to notify parents. Look how basic that is. In writing, within three days after learning a student is identifying as a gender that doesn't align with official records or their birth certificates. The uh, fact that that's even necessary is insane. It's yeah. embarrassing that we've come to that point in this country. Yeah, so Assembly Member Asaley goes on, and I quote, he says... Uh, Quote, parents play a critical role in nurturing and supporting children, and they cannot be removed from the, question, uh, the, from the equation. <laughs> Imagine that. Parents play a critical role in nurturing yeah, and supporting children. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is so sad that we've come to this point, because really what the school, what the government is trying to say, those on the left are saying, it's not that they don't believe that children should be molded, because they're spending millions of dollars to mold children, yeah. so they know that. What they're really saying is it's the same thing that this this guy we just listened to at UC Davis was doing. He's saying we should be allowed, and, and I'm, we, I mean those on the left, should be allowed to indoctrinate, mold, and teach. But if you say something that we don't agree with, you, you should not be allowed to. And so clearly, as is the case historically with all of these insane, evil leftist movements, parents become an issue. Main, why? Mainly because parents care about their kids. That's why. And so they they intervene, they get in the way of what leftists are trying to do with little children. And in this case, you know, this is talking about, to, to be clear, if, if you're not tracking, right now, uh, AB 1266, which passed back in 2014 here in California, um, those on the left say that this means the school cannot tell the parents if their children's gender identity has changed, you know, okay. So to be clear, if your son or, or let's say your daughter goes to school and, uh, you know, through all of this deluge of trans indoctrination, they're getting at public school. They're like, Oh, well maybe I'm a boy. And then the teachers affirm that and they teach them that and they say, yeah, you are a boy. And you know, which is very, very dangerous to the child's development as, as we're going to get into California says that, you're not allowed to tell the parents that that's happening with their kids. You know, who do these people think they are? What right does the government have to indoctrinate and teach your children something contrary to your beliefs and your values? They don't. And we're going to get into this in a minute. Uh, and, and I'm glad for, you know, Assemblyman Bill Asaley, who's who's trying to get this bill passed. This is Bill 1314 that would require school districts to notify parents if, you know, something funky is going on with their kid at school. But like you said, we don't, we're not sure if this is going to pass or not because of the, the insanity and the supermajority here in California. But 
we're going to get into just how how dangerous this is. Uh, and I, and I wanted to bring something up here. So when I say dangerous, um, we've had you know recently last week we talked about Ollie London, who was this this guy in London who uh, went through these tons of surgeries. He had spent thousands and thousands of dollars to become a Korean woman. So he was like trans race, transgender also. And um, he has this powerful, like coming back story where he's like, uh, it's, it's all a scam and it, it's caused him tremendous suffering. Um, we've seen this actually with many, many individuals recently where there's, there's these major regrets and all of these health complications, it's really, really bad. It turns out it's really bad to take a little girl and pump them full of testosterone and hormones and and surgically, you know, remove their breast and do all these horrible things to these kids when they're at an age where they literally are chasing anything that's shiny running down the road. They don't know what's good for them. You know, we have we have thousands of years of, of this understanding and all of a sudden now, they want us to just turn our kids over to to leftists in the government to mutilate their bodies. It's it's really evil and gross, and, and to the point that we're talking about here. So the school says we should be able to do that, and you have no right to know. So you know I've said this before. You should it, it the responsible thing as a parent right now. You should make every effort to remove your kids from public school. They're they're really really disgusting right now, and until the adults ante up and kick in and do something to protect these kids, your kids really have no place. Unless you just don't care about them and, and you're on board with the Marxist ideology, uh, you, you really shouldn't have your kids there. And here's the deal. What is this trans hysteria really about, right? How, like, Because you ever wondered, like, how does uh, chemically castrating a young boy, how, how does removing a nine-year-old boy's genitals help the Democrats? Well, here's the deal ideologically, right, the whole movement is Marxist because foundational to Marxism, especially when you're countering uh, a country with Christian Judaic values, uh, as is most of Western civilization, you have to remove the concept of the core family. You have to remove kids from their parents. Uh, Generationally, that's a big deal. If you want to see rapid progression uh, amongst your progressive left-wing ideas, then you have to capture that next generation. And one of the best ways to do it is, hey, you got these kids that come to school for eight hours a day. And these, these changes that they're encouraging cause lifelong lasting effects, some of which can never be reversed, even if you want to, right? You take a little boy and you cut his genitals off. That's never going back on. And the fact that we allow politicians to convince us to do this to children uh, on, on a whim, right? It's all feelings. That All of this is, is subjective. It's like, well, I feel this way. I feel that way. You know, I, sometimes my kid feels like he's a dinosaur. I'm not going to chop him up into pieces and surgically add scales to, to his back because he feels that way. This is asinine. There's no science behind it at all. And here's what's really behind it. Check this out. I encourage you to go to gminsights.com. This is an industry analysis on the sex reassignment surgery market. All right. The, the sex reassignment surgery market currently worth more than $623 million. 
and it's projected to register over 11.5% CAGR between 2023 and 2032. A CAGR is the compound annual growth rate. So it's getting bigger and bigger. What, what does that mean? It means that behind this big trans movement, you have a bunch of super wealthy, rich, mostly white dudes, okay, for those on my left who have a problem with anyone who's white, that are funding all of this because they're going to make a lot of money off of it. All right, according to one article I was reading, this is coming out of the Federalist. Uh, it was titled, Who are the Rich White Men Institutionalizing Transgender Ideology? Exceedingly rich white men and women who invest in biomedical companies are funding a myriad of transgender organizations whose agenda will make them gobs of money. Who are some of those people? Uh, Jennifer Pritzker, a male who identifies as trans. George Soros. Martine Rothblatt, another guy who identifies as trans, also transhumanist. Tim Gill, Drummond Pike, Warren and Peter Buffett, John Stryker, Mark Bonham, Rick Weiland. Those are just a few. These are mostly billionaires who are funding the transgender lobby. So <laughs> the pharmaceutical company uh, and, and, and insurance companies, right, are making a lot of money off of this. And here's what happens. The younger they are, the more money they make in the long run. Because if you have some horrifically mutilating surgery when you're, you know, 12 years old, then for the rest of your life, you need drugs, hormones, and procedures. For the rest of your life, who are these abusive parents allowing this, allowing their children to go through this? Your job as a parent, let's just clarify this here once and for all. Your job as a parent is to raise and mold your child to understand how to navigate the complexities of life, how to make smart, not just smart, but wise decisions, to teach them right and wrong, to teach them how to be uh, good members of society, patriots, Americans. Uh, this is just a disgusting Marxist uh, movement that not only is advancing left-wing ideology in this country, but it's also making a bunch of people a lot of money to the tune of millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, it's it's not that difficult to find. Most of this this morning I found in about three minutes of researching online. And uh, that's not really the problem. The problem, as we mentioned with the guy you know at the school, UC Davis, who we talked about, the problem really is they don't want you to know the truth. That's the problem. It's not that the truth isn't out there. Seek and you shall find. The real problem is the left is working overtime to keep truth from reaching people's ears because if you hear the truth, it will set you free. And you most likely will not continue in your leftist ideology. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. This rolls right into uh, Biden earlier this week claiming it's close to sinful for states to stand between kids and trans activist doctors our fearless leader president joe biden claimed it was quote close to sinful for states to block minors access to gender affirming care effectively standing between children and trans activist medical professionals 
Uh, Biden sat down with guest host Carl Penn to record an interview for Monday's episode of The Daily Show on Comedy Central. That's where this rhetoric belongs. It's almost laughable. Unfortunately, it's sad, but laughable. And the conversation turned to trans identity, identifying kids and the efforts being made primarily by Republicans in states like Florida to prevent children from making irreversible decisions about their bodies uh, when they're still too young to vote. So let's uh, go ahead and queue up exactly what President Biden had to say. Transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible what they're doing. I can't believe he said that. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what? what That's exactly what's that? happening. <laughs> they're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are... I mean, it, it just, to me, is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that he dares to, to talk that way while he himself is part of a, uh, an ideology that's perpetrating this actual violence and mutilation of children, not not perceived or emotional, but actually chemically castrating and and conducting life altering Nazi esque experiments on young kids. You know what that reminds me of? In the book of Isaiah, chapter five twenty, it says, "Woe well unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter." Woe well unto them. This is God looking down and going, oh, man. Like, do these people think that they're going to get away with this? You know, Jesus himself said that it's better that you be thrown into the ocean with a millstone. You know what a millstone is? These these giant, heavy stones they use to grind out the grain, right? Jesus said it would be better for you to be thrown into the ocean with one of these mega stones tied around your neck than to lead one of these children astray. It is uh, the audacity to, 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 for Biden to get on there and say that. You know what's actually close to sinful? Is the over $1 million that the Chinese Communist Party paid Joe Biden and his family. Uh, this week we're seeing the Committee on Oversight and Accountability now uh, revealing that less than two months after, uh, the, at the time, Vice President Joe Biden left public office, The State Energy, HK Limited, a Chinese communist-controlled company, wired $3 million to Rob Walker's company. The next day, that company wired $1,065,000 to a company associated with James Gillier, another Biden family associate. And afterwards, the the Biden family received $1,065,000 in payments over a three-month period in different bank accounts. From the bank records, it appears that the Biden family received approximately a third of the money obtained from the communist wire. <laughs> you want to talk about close to sinful? You're mutilating our children, you're destroying their future, and you're taking money from one of a 
America's greatest um, opponents on the world stage, geopolitically speaking. And, and just to be clear, for all my crazy left-wing friends out there, we're not talking about race. When we say China, we're talking about the Communist Party that's oppressing their own people over there, people like Christians and the Uyghurs, who they have enslaved in concentration camps. Before you go out making this about race, it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with political power organizations. That's close to sinful, Mr. Biden, that you are the leader, the alleged leader of the free world, and you're taking money from the Communist Party in China. The audacity. We live in some very interesting times, to say the least. Very interesting. Well, what do you think about that, Brandon? I'm just, I'm taking it back. I mean, Joe Biden couldn't lead his dog on a walk, let alone this country. And uh, he just, I don't know what to say. It, 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 yeah. It's upsetting that we've allowed the left to uh, to do these things to our children and, and to our country. And what it really comes down to is, is people need to wake up. Uh, conservatives, Christians, people on the right, um, especially in California, we hear all the time, oh, my vote doesn't matter, yada, yada, yada. That might be true at, at the presidential level to, to some extent, which even there, I, I don't agree with it, but you need to vote for people who are running our school boards, our city councils, our state assemblies. California State Assembly has a supermajority in the state legislator in both houses. So even the the handful of Republicans that are there can't do anything. We have uh, members like Bill Asaley who are writing bills, you know, weekly. They're not making it out of committee, but it, at least they're making a statement. Um, he had the one that we talked about earlier. He had yeah. the, the bill on gun enhancements for people who use uh, guns and violent crimes, which the Dems rejected makes no sense. Uh, well, I guess it does make sense when you look that during COVID they're releasing violent criminals back into our communities who are then going in shockingly or not so shockingly Astounding. Uh, committing the same crimes that they were incarcerated for. So that's what it really comes down to. You, you need to vote. You need to not to use the left term woke, but you, you need to wake up and you, you need to start uh, getting involved in your child's life, getting involved in your community, whatever it may be, because uh, we've seen throughout history where this <clears throat> where this road leads, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> it's not a good one. No, you have you have a great point, and you know here at Defining Truth, we have a big problem with um, those in churches with Christians who don't care enough about their neighbors, don't love them enough to be involved. Um, this is directly due to the church's relinquishing of their role in society. We, we relinquished defining morality to the government. What did you think was going to happen? And, 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 you know, oftentimes we'll hear um, from a theological perspective, an apologetic that says, well, you know, we look at the disciples and we look at Rome. And l let, me, let me be clear here. You don't live in Rome. This is not an oppressive uh, 
empire. This is not a uh, tyrannical form of government yet. You live in a free republic where in America, the people are the government. We are to co-rule. So when you say, well, you know, I'm not going to involve myself with the government. You know, I'm just going to read the Bible. It's like, well, really what you're talking, you're, you're, you're telling yourself that because you decide who leads your country. You have the ability to vote people in that make decisions, extremely evil and immoral decisions. We should have never relinquished our role in civics and in society to a world that's lost. That's what I would say to the Christians out there. It's time to wake up. I'd like to close with this. There was a guy, Keith Green, phenomenal uh, singer, author. He wrote a song called Asleep in the Light, uh, released in 1978. And uh, he was speaking to Christians. And listen to what he said. He said, and I'm going to read the, the words here. Do you see, do you see? All the people sinking down. Don't you care? Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Oh, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know, that's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds one tear. But he, speaking of Jesus, cries. He weeps. He bleeds and he cares for your needs and you just lay back and keep soaking it in. That is exactly the church in America. That time of laying back and soaking it in is catching up with us. Our children are being mutilated. Morality is in the drain. Our country is suffering because of the church's lack of involvement. It's time to ante up and kick in.